Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast. In our Catching Up With series, our short-form interview series brought to us by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. Who do we have? We have our guy. Our guy who does a lot of winning and does a lot of ass-kicking. And I think we're just going to see a lot more of that. But before we get into what's coming up here a week and a half or whatever from now, Scott McLaughlin, let's talk about a guy who in his second ever LMP2 race won not only your class at the 12 hours of Sebring, but this is America's like oldest and most prestigious endurance race. And that's not saying anything disrespectful to the 24 hours of Daytona, but Sebring came before that's really been the gold standard brutal race to get through much less win tell me about this mate you uh, you look worn out but elated when i saw you right next to victory lane saturday night oh look marshall i appreciate it i, I look i think for me like, i just love winning um so that's that that's obviously a, the elation of the whole thing but i don't i've always wanted to do this race i've always wanted to do rolex i've always wanted to do petite i've always wanted to do sebring especially in america now that i live here and i think uh, it didn't really uh, click to me that what I had won until, you know, everyone was like, oh, you finished the rule and, you know, we won the race. Like, that's such a cool race to win. Like, this is the this was the warm-up for Le Mans and all that sort of stuff. And I really, like, I, I didn't, it didn't really, like, twig with me, you know. And it's not a, a disrespect thing or anything like that, but it's just, like, for me, it was just, I know it's a crown jewel or it's, I know it's a, a you know, at least if you win it outright, but even to win it at all, I know it's a big thing on anybody's bucket list. Um, but I didn't appreciate it enough until I actually won it. And I was like, well, that's actually pretty cool. And actually a bloody tough race to win, especially when I was in it. I was like, far out. This is you know, in pear shape. Then it was coming back. And yeah, it was, it was a cool race. It was a, uh, yeah. And very, very proud achievement for me and something that I'll treasure for a long time. I'm going to stay here for just a little bit on Sebring. Why don't we talk about your, your co-drivers and your team, and then I'll ask you about the race, which was a little bit of a shit show. Um, yeah. Kiffin Simpson, he's like nine years old, right? I don't know. Like, you ask him how old he is, and he puts his hands up and says, like, this many. I mean, he's yeah. like a baby. But the kid yeah. is bloody good. John Ferrano, been in the wars, doing this forever, and continues to find great success. He is so impressive as a pro-am driver. Let's talk about Kiffin. We know... Scotty, that he is driving in about 47 different series this year, trying to really boost his experience to get ready for a future in IndyCar. He's got a full-time Indy NXT program going. He wants to be on the grid in IndyCar, and I think he will, whether it's next year or the year after. He's training like mad to get there to race against you and the others. What do you see in this kid? you think he has, has the bones of an IndyCar driver within him? Yeah, I see. Um, oh, for sure, I think he's got... The number one thing at the end of the day you need is speed, and he's got that. I think it's a matter of, um, you know, controlling that now, you know. And I know it was the same for me. It was the same for Joseph. It was the same for anyone coming up through the ranks. Like, you get the speed, and that's a natural talent, but then it's about controlling that and not crashing and, and, and whatnot. Um, and I think Kiffin still has – he has lots to learn, but he's in such a great spot with Ganassi and even doing – I've enjoyed working with him in these endurance races with him. 
um, you know, seen him come along as well. But I think one thing he doesn't lack as well, it's his, it's his you know, the, something that every race driver needs, but it's his confidence in himself, you know, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a, a, a dig at him or at anything. He's just a very, very well, um, he doesn't doubt himself. He, he believes, you know, if I can do that, I, if, if Scott can do that, I can do that. And um, that's a pretty strong, you know, character trait you need in any young driver. So, I've no doubt that you know he's he's gonna um, you know, move forward in the sport. He's already won some big races, won Petite, now he's won Sebring. Um, you know, it's it, he's on the right path with the right people. I've no doubt that he'll um, go a long way. And I think the biggest thing for him now, I think, is just being a sponge and listening. I think the minute minute he stops listening, I guess that's when the 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 learning stops. But I don't think. He will. I think he's got a really good head on his shoulders. He's got a great family, and I think um, I think he'll go places. You know, it was interesting, Scotty, at Portland last year. Obviously, uh, Kiffin's part of the Ganassi development uh, program there, but after the Portland IndyCar race, where I think you did okay there, if I remember correctly, um, I saw Mike Hall ask Kiffin right after the race, what did you learn? And it was just such an interesting thing, right? He didn't lead him in a direction. Hey, did you see how McLaughlin did this or Dixon did that? Or he wasn't pointing him. He was asking him to stop, appraise everything that he experienced and come up with some real takeaways and real answers to digest and use to his benefit. I was just impressed with that. Trying to get him into that critical thinking mindset already of not just watching a race and smiling and cheering when good things happen, but... No, no, no. Look at it like a detective. Pick out the things that, uh, that that will help you and the clues that might be beneficial in your, your career going forward. Tell me about team owner, John Ferrano, right? You've been accustomed for so long in being the pro driver in the single car that you drive. And at some of the Enduros, obviously back in your supercars days, you would have, you know, some heavy hitter monster as a co-driver, but Pro-Am thing can be a little bit different, obviously, in, uh, you know, hardcore endurance racing like we have in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Tell me about John Ferrano. That guy seems to always just, I don't think he ever gets enough praise for his skills, uh, and yet he always seems to deliver. Yeah, I think I think any bronze driver that has a go in this sport, especially at the level that we're at right now in, in the LMP2 series and stuff, it's, um, it's you got to give the hats to them. You know, this isn't, like John's job is to, you know, do scaffolding and, and build, build grandstands and stuff for Toronto. I mean, like it's, it's not to be a race car driver, but he does it because he loves the sport. And at the end of the day, the, the sports car, you know, IMSA is really built on guys like him and, and the popularity of that um, has really helped IMSA move forward throughout the years, especially in the tough periods. And, um, you know, John's a huge supporter of motorsport. He's a great, for me, I think he's a great bronze. He's a great driver. He, he listens. Like he's, you know, I, I felt like, you know, me and Kiffin were both working with him, Joseph at Daytona as well, like working on his break points and, um, you know, and, and, and little bits and pieces. But he, he doesn't like look at it from an arrogant perspective where it's like, well, you guys are like under 30. What, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you telling me to do this? You know, there's not, not, no ego with him. It's just like, okay. Well, I know you guys are faster than me, but I want to be as quick as I can be and get the most out of himself. And he really locks it in and really works on it. And you know, I, I think he's a, a great bronze and, and a great guy. And um, 
to see him after the race, how how excited he was, and um, how much it meant to him, not only to him but his family as well. Like it was uh, it was pretty cool, and I think that's what sunk it, it sunk in more with me after that. You know, like oh wow, this is actually pretty cool, and I've actually really enjoyed the pro am format. That's brilliant. So, mate, tell me about hey, there's the highs of winning the 12 hours of Sebring. That's amazing. You got a great trophy and all kinds of things. What about the 274 cautions along the way? I don't know about you, mate. It felt like the 12 years of Sebring. What was it like on the inside, whether driving during all the mess and crashes or even just sitting on the box going like, come on. Well, initially it worked out for all the LMP2 people because we're able to get our bronzes out the way yeah. um, at the start. So John did a fantastic job with the quadruple stint, but then it just made, you know, me and Kiffin, you know, take up a lot of the slack towards the end of the race. But, um, yeah, it, there's some crazy driving out there. Um, I don't, there's, I, I, I'll honestly think that there's a lot of cars, but I think there's a great mix of, I think the, the GTP and LMP2, is like a really good for the prototype. I think the LMP3 might be a little bit too much for the prototype, or at least we need, as an LMP2 category, we need a bit more power to be able to get past them easier because it does get quite awkward and a little bit dangerous at times. But the GT category is, you know, obviously it's full of stout drivers and really, really good people as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think the uh, the one caution that really saved our ass the most was the the uh, when when Kiffin actually put it at the fence. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of those cautions I actually loved, um, but I couldn't believe it when I got out of the shower. Um, yeah, I'm going to say this, but I was stuck naked, and I'm looking at the TV. I'm like, well, I've just drove the stint of my life, and my my mates just put it in the fence. <laughs> so, and I'm like, that wasn't wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the greatest feeling, but you know, I, I had a great, uh, you know, the, we have a, such a great team. Like those guys that work on Tower Motorsports and Ricky Capone and everyone that runs that, that, that um, you know, that team, they, they were unreal and, and put it back together, did the right thing with strategy call and, um, you know, Ryan Johnson, our engineer, and it was unreal. But uh, I enjoyed, you know, I, I, yes, there was a lot of cautions, but damn, I enjoyed like the strategy and saving fuel and thinking about it and, you know, really setting yourself up for the end, which ultimately put us in the right position because we had less fuel to put on and we came in at the right time. Last thing for you, mate, about Sebring, and, and you mentioned it. Team was a little bit on the back foot at, at some points. Um, you climb in the car, and I start to watch your position in the class improve by one position and then improve by another position. And I'm sitting here going, that's my boy. Look at this. He's fully stuck in. Tell me about the joy of being unleashed effectively. Not, oh, we need you to really baby those tires and we need you to sip fuel. I'm not saying you didn't have to do any of that at any point in time, but you, at least from the outside, looked like you were reveling in the fact that you were just sent on attack and were carving your way forward through the class. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, going back on the strategy, I mean, we we really played the game of saving a bit of fuel and and um, looking at the long, trying to extend our stints. Um, and then when it was time to go, it was time to go. And then obviously moved up with some passes, but more so, you know, a bit of strategy as well. Um, and that's a credit to those guys that put me on that. But the last two or three stints at night, like that was a heap of fun because it wasn't so much saving fuel. It was just like sort of go go go, especially the last two. Um, like the last sort of 30, 40 minutes. So that, that was, a, that was fun. And I felt like 
to go against Jensen and Chatain uh, and, and 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 you know really have a um, ding dong battle with you know two of the best uh, that would that was you know a really good confidence booster for me because you sort of don't know where you sit even in practice you don't get clear laps and you know you sort of like oh what's my pace like am I, am I do I suck at these cars or whatever but <laughs> eventually when everything sort of evens out you know you, you know that you're there thereabouts and that that was a good thing for me but um, you know I I just. I, I really enjoyed just working with the team and, and the fuel number and trying to hit that and doing the fastest pace I could by hitting that. And um, ultimately, it w- worked out. Going to get to the upcoming Texas IndyCar race here in a moment. But before that, got some members of the uh, Prude listener group I mentioned to you, ones who are wanting to do something pretty special here during the month of May. I won't give that away, but uh, they want to do some something pretty special to honor you and Joseph that uh, I hope comes together. But Got a couple of cool little either questions or submissions from them to throw in. Zach Dean here says, not a question. But you got to tell Scotty Mack, a ton of fans have noticed his class. It's one thing to be fast. It's another thing to be professional and fast. This is a combination of those two things, something IndyCar fans really appreciate. I'm guessing he's uh, piggybacking off of the uh, the coming together with Roma at St. Petersburg, but Tell me about that. And mm. I mean, I know you're a heap of trash as a human being, so at least you're giving <laughs> folks a bit of a false yeah. read, but kidding aside, I don't know, man, I've loved seeing this. I've, uh, and I've seen a lot of comments like that where folks go, Hey, we'd love you as a race car driver, you and the thirsty threes, you're our favorites, etc." But we also can look at you and say, you know what? Uh, th- that's a proper human being as well. What's it like starting to get some extra love, not just about driving the race car. Yeah, it has been nice. I think, I guess people thought it was just not working out. And I guess in the back of my mind, I sort of felt that way. I've spoken to you on this podcast about that a number of times. But then 22 happened and then I started getting some recognition. And then obviously we've hit the ground running this year. But I think like everyone, I don't know. One thing that I love about IndyCar, it's allowed me to be me. It's allowed me to, um, you know, really... Yeah, I love just having fun. You know, I'm doing a job that, you know, only 27 people get to do, and I'm very proud of that. I've worked very hard to get here, especially America. For me, like Australia was always the goal, like supercars, top of supercars. That was always like I wanted to win that championship, but America was always like the dream. It was always like the, okay, if I go well in Australia, like America's it. You know, this is where I want to go. Now that I'm here, it's like, well, well, stuff it, man. Like, let's just enjoy it. Like, I'm here, like, like and I'm going well, and things are – I'm working really well. I've got a heap of friends. I've got a great, great team around me, and I've got a lot of fans. And um, you know, the, I can't thank you know the IndyCar fans, the people that work in the sport, you know, team members from Ganassi, from McLaren, in my own team. Like everyone's been really welcoming and really like, um, like sincere in terms of you know, thank like not thanking me, like uh, congratulating me for like how I've been going, and that, it means a lot. And, um, I think that just makes me want to be myself more. And I guess that's why I do bus bros and I, I have a laugh for myself and I don't really care anymore because it's like, that's who I am and I don't want to be someone I'm not. And that's, and that's what IndyCar and the fans have allowed me to do. And I, I really love that. And I appreciate everyone's kind comments. That's for sure. No, I mean, you just being the most genuine version of yourself. I, mean, I think that's, that's maybe the first thing I appreciated about you when we spoke for the first time was like, Oh, 
this is this is just a guy. It's just a dude like the rest of us yeah. who loves, you know what I mean? This is, trust me, brother, there's some folks that I speak to in our general universe who are like, oh, well, aren't you important? Why, thank you oh, for no, letting no, no. me know. know. And, oh, uh, I know there's plenty of people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got, I got yeah. no time for them. I uh, got a, yeah. a, a question here from Frederick Wakeman, a friend from uh, Sweden who's going through uh, a heck of a, a health fight right now, uh, Scotty. So I'd love that he sent this through. Uh, he says, hey, I'm Swedish, and I've worked with both uh, Matt Janssen, right, Team Penske legend, and was also mm-hmm. one of Christian Dahl's first mechanics when he oh, once wow. competed yeah. himself. He says, you wanted one of his Volvos in Australia. He says, I know they saw something great in you even then. He says, I'm curious, maybe the one or two most important things you had to learn when you moved on from – tin tops to winged cars um mm. that's his first question so i know we've spoken about this before but let's talk about this again for frederick because i think he might still even be in the hospital right now what, what yeah. were some of those big things brother you had to uh onboard quickly about uh, these high downforce vehicles yeah i mean well thanks for the question frederick and hope you're doing all right um sucks to hear you being bad but i appreciate you putting the time in to give me a question but um those are great days i mean christian Dahl was a great guy um, he actually gave me my first international opportunity. I did the, the Swedish touring cars, and I was speaking to Linus Lindqvist actually at St. Pete, and he was at the race that I competed in at the SCCC <laughs> championship. I didn't even know that, so it was, that's a that's a fun fact for you. But um, uh, anyway, um, I think the biggest thing for me was uh, the aerodynamics and and trusting um, what the car can take. Um, from a lap time perspective and then from a racing perspective, it's been like, okay, take, <laughs> take St. Pete and Romain and my crash away. But like what the car can take in terms of like side to side action and, um, and you know, like they're strong, they're strong cars. And, you know, I grow up, you know, everyone watching, watching open wheelers or F1 or IndyCar and you see wings and stuff fall off all the time. And then you get to this DW12 and I know it's an old car, but it's like, this is like, it's a, it's a genuine, like it's, it's a beast car. Like it's a, it's an old car, but it's a strong car and learning how to find the limits, how much, you know, how many, how many times can I clip the wall? You know, <laughs> like, like things like that. Like it's just, yeah. I, and I played with that a bit too much in St. Pete, but at the end of the day, it's like, it takes time to learn that and trust that and um, get that confidence in yourself to do that. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed trying to find those limits for sure. He's got one last question here and we're, we're hoping I, I made a, well, hopefully I made a deal with Frederick. He says he's uh, going to do everything in his power to get to Indianapolis for his first ever 500. And if he can, uh gonna hook him up with the best tickets the best everything so hopefully we'll get a chance to introduce you to in person but his second question here mate i thought might be a perfect one for us to close the show on he's asking about what was the biggest challenge for you learning to drive on ovals and i'd love to to hear the answer to that but i'd also love to use that as a great opportunity to mention where we're going next going back to texas motor speedway I'm guessing the Scott McLaughlin to-do list is go one better. Um, yeah. I mean, you yeah. had it. You showed us. You've won on road and street court. You've won everything. Getting that, uh, getting that big oval win, um, you showed us that that was in your arsenal. Tell us about what it was like having to learn ovals, mate, and going back to Texas, and I believe a revenge tour. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
two seconds in two years, it's not that great, is it? But at the end of the day, it shows that we've got promise. But yeah, we led a lot, a lot of laps last year. But I think the biggest thing for me, um, and it's really what cost me the race last year, was it's the confidence to um, to to move up a lane, but the confidence to you know find grip in other places. Um, I don't have any issue with getting up to speed. You know, when I see it on the data, if Joseph or Will are doing what they're doing on the data, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to break there and I'm going to put the throttle on there and I'm going to hold it flat there and that's what's going to happen because they can do it, I can do it. And that's just how I've always thought it. And sometimes you can come unstuck, but that's just how it is. But the the for me, it's the it's experimenting with the track. And that's what guys like Will, that's what guys like Joseph, so I'm passionate about everyone, you know, that's good on ovals. You know, and you look at Jimmy last year, even like his his NASCAR experience, how good he was at just finding the grip and different lanes. Like, that's what I lacked right now, or I did. I feel like I'm definitely an, a new person. I'll be one of the first people up on the second lane at Texas for sure, and hopefully it doesn't bite me in the backside. But I, I, I certainly think um, that's been the toughest thing, getting confidence to run up there, especially at the speeds that we run at. Um, but, uh, yeah, ultimately it cost me the race. But when I lose a race like that, I focus and I feel like I, I, I find the negatives out of everything. I try and turn it into a positive. So we're coming in with a bit of heat this year. So I'm, I'm really excited. Coming in with a bit of heat. The Scott McLaughlin story. All I'm saying, Groshaw, whether he's going high, going low, he's going through. <laughs> Just make make room. Uh, anybody and everybody. I love well, it. Romain found out. Don't go on the outside of me anymore. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you know what? Last well, we're year, good, we're good. We're good. We're last good. year, he would have had zero ability to laugh at any of that. And I'm not saying he was laughing Sunday at St. Pete, but it, I've, he's, yeah. there's a, there's a softer touch to him this year, which uh, I'm happy to see. So good on him. No, I was glad. I was glad we had a good chat. We had a good chat after the race and it was a quick one and obviously everyone's seen it, but it was, it was one of those things where, you know, it needed to happen, yeah. um, and and it was. I'm just glad that we could have a man to man chat, and, and it was really it was, it was a good thing, and, and definitely I think the respect for both of us um, from each side went up after that too, which was really cool. You guys should be racing together for another 10, 15 years. So, got to make sure uh, everybody's everybody's good with each other. And Frederick, again, thank you for not only sending this sending this in, but thinking about you will add you to my prayers and just appreciate you brother for uh, taking some time to be part of the show you as well scotty as always um big appreciation for you look forward to seeing you here next week uh, the revenge tour in texas continues <laughs> and uh until then mate thank you and uh hopefully some of the stuff you're working on at home you and your wife uh bears fruit and get you to a happy place yes sir appreciate it thanks guys